For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's news talk station. The place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. Welcome back in our number two of the program here on Friday morning. And we've got a lot to discuss with you, of course. After the 8 o'clock news, we'll be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad, along with Ward 5 Councilor Ryan, per- I'm sorry, Ward 6 Councilor Ryan Pereira. Well, I don't know why I always mess that up. Uh, but uh, they'll be joining us to talk about a number of things. We'll also talk about last night's council meeting in which the council again voted down 9-2 to two, the uh proposal by Mayor John Mitchell to adopt the Chapter 32B of the state law that would allow them to bring in a third-party neutral arbiter for deciding how much city employees pay toward their health insurance, uh, which is something that Mayor Mitchell has said could save the city money and that he points out that other municipalities have adopted, but that New Bedford has now voted down. I believe this is the fourth time the council has voted that down. So we can talk about that with them as well as a bunch of other things as well. Uh, also, of course, we have the Trump indictment announced yesterday, which he will report on Tuesday. And we'll find out then more about what's going on with that. But right now, people are just speculating as to what those charges could be because we know it's related to the documents case. Um, and again, I'm somebody who says, let's hold off and wait and see. Like, you you see all of the TV news networks, no matter what their slant, you know, left, right, neutral, whatever it may be, they're all salivating over the fact that this is historical. This is historic. No, no president has ever been indicted on federal charges. Okay, yeah, we went through that when he was indicted on in New York as well. Yeah, no president has ever been indicted on those charges either. But it, let's wait and see what happens. Because as I mentioned, if if these indictments happen and there's no convictions from them, or bigger revelations or whatever it might be, then it's 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 a footnote of history, I think. But we'll see. Uh, that's why I'm not jumping one way or the other when it comes to, to that information, but we can certainly talk about it if you want to. Uh, also, we talked earlier in the first hour about the investigation that'll be on, uh, it's actually ongoing right now about the person from Dorchester, the Dorchester man who was killed yesterday by a train in Wareham and when we first heard about it happening I I got the alert on my phone from the town of Wareham that said you know there's there's been a there's been an accident in the area of Narrows so the road is shut down try to seek alternate routes I'm like okay well that's a that's an area where if there's if there's a car crash or something it is going to affect the traffic and there is an alternate route to get to that area so I can understand sending that out but then you know, we find out that it was a train 
than that a person was struck by a train. And then more little bits and pieces of information come in. And then finally, the DA's office puts out a statement late last evening explaining that it was a fisherman who was fishing off the railroad bridge over there by the Narrows. And if you're not familiar with that area of Wareham, it's right in front of Toby Hospital. So they actually took, when they when they pulled the man out of the water after he had been struck, they took him to Toby Hospital, which is just a, a couple of hundred yards. So, I mean, he was struck by a train. I, I don't think he survived that. But he was pronounced deceased at Toby Hospital when they when they brought him over there. But so that's the area we're talking about, right in front of Toby Hospital. If you've ever gone through there, you know there's a little restaurant called Narrows Crossing. And the, the railroad goes across right there along the Wareham River. And so this case is very interesting because the engineer sounded the horn multiple times on the train. The person should have felt the, the rumble on the tracks, even if they had you know headphones in, AirPods in, whatever, should have felt the rumble on the tracks. And all of the signals were working. So he should have been aware that the railroad crossing arms were coming down very close to where he was standing. So we'll have to see what the results are of the investigation and and why this might have been a case of the, the, the person not being aware that the train was coming. 508-996-0500. Uh, also, we talked a little bit about the story I have at WBSM.com. Two stories that I found interesting. One, of course, it was Ghostbusters Day yesterday, so we have the story of the New Bedford man Ethan Tripp, who created his own Ghostbusters vehicle out of his Toyota RAV4. And it's a very cool story, the background of how that happened, so you can read all about that. But also I have an article that I thought was interesting because yesterday in Freetown, around this time, there were folks reporting a swan that was just laying in the middle of the road. It was not phased by the cars. It was just kind of lying down there in the road and that people eventually were able to move it out of the road and it laid right on the side of the road and then eventually they got it to go back into the water. And the animal control officer who I spoke to yesterday morning said, you know, I actually wish they hadn't done that. And I, I don't think that the folks realized that they were doing something wrong. They were just trying to get the swan out of the road and back where it goes. But as, as the animal control officer was telling me, I can't examine the swan now, so I don't know if there's something wrong. So she hung out at the pond a little while, waited for it to come out, didn't come out. She couldn't coax it out. She said that the people who work at the, I guess it's the sawmill business over there, would keep an eye, keep an eye out. But that she could only speculate that it probably has a broken leg or a, an injured leg in some way. Maybe it was hit by a car. Maybe it was attacked by another animal. She said there's a lot of snapping turtles, and those snapping turtles will bite the swans and cause injury. But she doesn't know because she can't examine it. But I thought that was also interesting because we had the same thing happen earlier in the week in which a swan just plopped itself down in the road in Mattapoisett. And I don't think that this is the same swan. It's a lot of ground for a swan to cover. When was the last time you saw a swan flying, you know, across the south coast? Especially if it has an injured leg. 
or any kind of injury. So now, you know, we had the bear watch. We had we had the bears. Bears were the biggest story for the last couple of weeks. I hope now we're not going to get the the swans deciding, you know what, we've had enough of this water stuff. We're tired of being wet. We want to take over the land. We're going to do it one swan at a time, and we're going to do it just by laying on the road and daring you to try to move us. This is swan country now. I actually got into a fight once with a swan. I think I've told this story before on the air, but in our pond, we were, you know, I live in a pond, so the the pond had all kinds of birds, and we had some beautiful swans. And my son was probably like five or six at the time, and he was an excellent swimmer his whole life. He was about a year old. My father-in-law picked him up, threw him in the pool, and said he's going to figure out how to swim. And and he just took right to it. And uh, he took swim lessons. He we tried to get him to competitively swim, but he he just isn't a competitive person. So he could always swim very well. So he would go out to where the um, what do you call it? The buoys are the the rope that would say this is as far as you can go in the pond. And he would swim all the way out there, even when he was five, six years old. And we're out there in the deep water, and a swan comes up and starts honking and going after him and trying to bite him for no reason. Like, he didn't do anything to the swan. The swan is just, like, making a beeline toward him. And so I I walk in, and the swan's, like, trying to, like, peck at him. And I ended up kind of just, like, punching the swan. I just, like, swung at the swan to try to get it to go away, and I think i connected with its with its beak and then my wife was on the beach and she yells out did you just punch a swan i I guess so i didn't mean to and thankfully rather than attack me he just turned around and went off on his own but yeah swans can be nasty so that's why you know you really shouldn't get too close to them if you can they're not they're not exactly well-tempered birds and then there's another story that I was discussing earlier that I think this just blows my mind. As someone who covered youth sports for so many years and was involved in youth sports as a, as a coach and as a parent, that in Taunton, they, they can't, they won't have umpires for the playoffs. Because the umpires are refusing to go back to the fields in, in, in umpire games after they were threatened for making a call in a game. Again, it was a game where the home team was at bat. The umpire went to call time, but neither the pitcher nor the batter saw it. The pitcher threw the pitch. The batter hit it. It was a two-run double. Put the home team ahead. The umpire calls the runs back, says, no, no, I called time. Another umpire on the field confirms that, and, and and all hell breaks loose, I guess. That parents were threatening these umpires, telling them they were going to beat them up in the parking lot, hurling derogatory insults at them. And so the president of the Greater Taunton Amateur Baseball Umpire Association said, you know what, we're done. We're not coming back to your fields because you've crossed the line. 
And so now they don't have umpires for their playoffs. And they're trying to, to, to make amends here. They're trying to talk the umpires into coming back by saying, okay, well, first of all, we're, we're sorry. We're going we're gonna to suspend the people who are involved and tell them they can't come back to the field anymore. Okay. We're also going to offer to play without fans in the stands. If that will get you to come back. We won't have any fans. We just want these kids to be able to have their playoffs. And the umpires still said no. So now the umpires and the league officials are going to meet with Taunton Mayor Shauna O'Connell to try to hammer out a plan here of, of what to do. And I do think that by the time it, by the time they sit down with the mayor, I think the umpires are going to say, you know, we'll, we'll come back and whatever conditions they agree to, to at least finish out this season, they'll do. But I also think that this is... This is long overdue that someone took a stand like this because I've seen it happen. I've seen people get on these officials who, by the way, are, you know, they're, this isn't what they do for a living. This is a second job for them. This is something they do because they love the game. They love being around the game. I think they get paid like 50 bucks for a game, which is not bad, but it's not great either. I know someone who umpired high school basketball game. Uh, I umpired, refereed high school basketball games for a long time. Loved it, but hated it because you you just get no respect from the players, from the coaches, from the fans. So I'm glad that they're finally standing up to what is going too far because you really got that upset about what went on in a, in a youth baseball game. I understand that you want it to be umpired fairly, but you were, you were actually going to beat somebody up about it over in the parking lot. You were, you were actually going to physically assault someone over it. You were actually going to risk getting arrested and going to jail or having to pay the medical bills of the person or any of the other punishments that could happen to you as a result of this over a, youth baseball game. I mean, even if you think that your child has major league potential, which for some reason every youth sports parent seems to think, but even if you think your child has major league baseball potential, if they have that level of talent, no scout is going through their, their record and saying, well, ex except you lost this game. You lost this game in June of 2023. So we don't we don't want your child on our professional sports team. We're not going to draft them because they lost this game back in 2023 when they were 10 years old. No, instead what's going to happen is colleges are going to find out about this and say, well, is it worth having the kid if the parent comes along with them? See, the parents worry so much about their child and getting them into college and getting them those scholarships and getting them on the college team. They don't think about the fact that the school knows that you go with them. 508-996-0500. I'm sure you've seen some horrible things or experienced some horrible things out on the youth sports fields. And, uh, and I welcome your phone calls or your app chats or your open line voicemails. It's going to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. So how do you feel about lemonade? 
I love lemonade, all kinds. Pink lemonade, regular yellow lemonade, strawberry lemonade, dragon fruit, any, anything you can put in lemonade, I'm going to drink it. And I think a lot of kids across the South Coast have some fantastic lemonade recipes, which is great because Bay Coast Bank is proudly presenting the 8th Annual Lemonade Day South Coast. This beloved event returns Saturday, June 24th. And if your kid wants to take part, get registered today at southcoastlemonadeday.org. That's southcoastlemonadeday.org. And your kids will be on their way to being small business owners and earning their own money. When they register, they'll get some materials to help them, some information to help them, learn all about running their own small business. And then they also get registered to be on our map. We will have a map for you next week so that you'll be able to, uh, actually, on the 24th, it's two weeks, right? We still got some time. So you have... Uh, the map so that you can go out there and experience all of the great lemonade stands across the South Coast. Help these kids raise money and learn about small business. And a lot of them, it's not even about making money to put in their own pockets. A lot of them do it for charity. A lot of them do it to help some of their friends who are going through some struggles. A lot of them do it to save. And they, they do this every year and they add that into a bank account so that, you know, years from now, with interest, they'll have something to maybe buy their books their first semester of college. Who knows? Lemonade Day is made possible with community support from A&M Driving School, 7-Eleven in Mattapoisett, and the committee to elect Bruce Oliveira for school committee. So again, June 24th, Lemonade Day South Coast. Go to southcoastlemonadeday.org, or you can go to wbsm.com, click on the Lemonade Day tab at the top, and that will bring you over to all the relevant information that you need. That's also where we'll have the map, and all the other materials for you on Lemonade Day. And I won't be here. I'm going to be on Block Island doing some ghost stuff that weekend. So I need everybody out there to drink some extra lemonade for me. And um, Will do. Yeah, and the only thing is, is when you drink extra lemonade, that means more bathroom stops as you're touring the South Coast. Yeah, so That's true. All right. Well, let's go into the newsroom now with Kate Robinson. It's 7 federal criminal charges for former President Trump in his classified documents case. NBC's Alice Barr has the latest from Washington, D.C. Details are limited as the indictment is still under seal, but two sources briefed on the matter tell NBC News a grand jury is recommending seven charges, including false statements and conspiracy to obstruct. This marks the first time a former president will face federal criminal charges. Trump said he's, quote, totally innocent and will plead not guilty. A month-long investigation into the documents followed the FBI's alleged discovery of sensitive materials during a raid of his Mar-a-Lago estate last year. France's President Emmanuel Macron has traveled to be at the side of families traumatized by the savage stabbings of four very young children. Prime Minister Elizabeth Bourne said all four children aged between 22 months and three years old underwent surgery. She said they're under constant medical surveillance and in stable condition. Investigators continued to work Friday to unravel the motives of a Syrian man taken into custody after Thursday's still unexplained attack in and around a play park in the alpine city of nc the haze is starting to lift in much of the northeast smoke from canadian wildfires has blanketed the region in recent days particularly cities like new york city philadelphia and washington dc winds and an eastern cold front could begin to blow smoke away from the u.s as early as this weekend 
Republican-drawn congressional districts in Alabama that critics say discriminated against black voters are being shot down by the Supreme Court. The nation's highest court voted 5-4 to four against Alabama. It means the seven congressional districts will now be redrawn. A new bill to commission a study on slavery reparations for black New Yorkers is expected to pass this week in the state legislature. Liz Warner reports. The bill would create the state's Community Commission on Reparations Remedies to head up the study. This would examine the institution of slavery and racial and economic discrimination against people of African descent and its impact on living people of African descent. It would then make determinations regarding compensation and other remedies. New York would become the second major state to address the issue of reparations following California. If passed, the bill heads to Governor Hochul by year's end. Liz Warner, NBC News Radio, New York. An Australian newspaper has offered a historic apology for its coverage of a massacre of Aboriginal people in 1838. At least 28 people, mainly women and children, were brutally murdered in the New South Wales town of Mile Creek. The massacre was the first and only time colonists were prosecuted for mass killings of Aboriginal people. The Sydney Morning Herald admitted to spreading racist views and misinformation while campaigning for the killers to escape justice. The paper, which is one of the nation's oldest publications, also opposed the death sentence eventually handed down to seven of the 12 men involved. At least 21 teenagers are injured after an elevated walkway collapsed at a Texas beach. It happened yesterday afternoon in Surfside, about 60 miles south of Houston. Officials say none of the injuries appeared to be life-threatening. It's not clear yet what caused the collapse. Grocery retailer Trader Joe's is recalling jars of their instant cold brew coffee, saying they could contain pieces of glass. The company says the products have been pulled from shelves, but customers may have some affected jars stored at home. Products with 2024 expiration dates of June 13th, November 26th, or December 30th are impacted. No injuries have been reported. And a man who claimed to see two aliens in the backyard of his Las Vegas home after something fell out of the sky is speaking out. He posted a video to social media on Thursday simply going by Angel and describing what he says he saw in the early morning hours of May 1st. The video features newly released doorbell camera footage featuring the sound of a loud crash. The man says after a shockwave, he saw two non-human beings. He says they were 8 to 10 feet tall, had large eyes and large mouths and were a greenish-grayish color. Shortly before the alleged encounter, people in Nevada, California, Arizona and Utah reported seeing a bright green fireball streak across the sky. In sports, the Red Sox lost to the Cleveland Guardians Thursday, 10-3. to Tonight, they're in New York to take on the Yankees. Now for your local forecast from ABC6. We're going to start today off with partly cloudy skies, but those clouds will be increasing throughout the day. Showers will be developing after lunchtime. And don't be surprised if you hear some rumbles of thunder or catch some heavy downpours on your commute home today. So today we're going to reach a high in the upper 60s. Overnight tonight, 48 degrees and 4. Tomorrow, warming up upper 60s with some scattered showers in the morning hours. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. At the moment, it is 55 degrees and mostly cloudy. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's News Talk Station. And get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. 
course, that's Bobby Brown's on our own. That's the theme to Ghostbusters 2. And uh, you can read about New Bedford's own Ghostbuster at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Kate knows whenever she plays the X-Files theme, it's like, you know, I'm Pavlov's dog. It's like I'm hearing the bell telling me it's time to eat. I hear that X-Files theme, and I'm like, the Mark Snow music. Something paranormal, something paranormal. Uh, but yes, you can read the story at WBSM.com and on the app of New Bedford Zone Ghostbuster, the man who turned his RAV4 into the Ecto-84. And you can see photos and everything right there as well. We were talking before about the Taunton uh, Little League umpires saying that they refused to return to the fields after they were harassed by parents following a call in the game and after they were threatened. And now they're, they don't have umpires for their playoff games. And uh, and this is something that I think unfortunately happens far too often. And finally, some referees stood up to it. Uh, Working Fool in Fairhaven says, there is really something wrong in this world. It's just a game. The ego that some people have and the entitlement, uh, 0.5% will make it pro, relax, and enjoy the game. Right. I mean, it's youth sports is about teaching kids teamwork, getting along, dedication, practice. We talk about practice. Not the game. Not the game. I love that new commercial they've done with Allen Iverson and Steph Curry and Kevin Hart. Pretty funny. But anyway, like, you know, this, this teaching life lessons. It's not about winning and losing. So I don't know why parents take it so hard. And I'm sure you have stories like that that you can share with us. 508-996-0500. There's always going to be disagreements there's always going to be fights there's always going to be those things going on but this is this is going too far to threaten to to beat up an umpire in the parking lot and i hope that even without trying to bring the umpires back that the league does suspend those folks from being able to attend games because they obviously can't be trusted to behave the way that you're supposed to behave in polite society one of the many things we can talk about. Uh, right now, though, I'm going to take another break. Before I do that, though, on a day like today where, as Kate said, the smoke is finally starting to dissipate a little bit, we do have some rain coming in later. And I would recommend please don't walk outside with your mouth open and drink the rain because it's probably got some of that smoke residue in it. But on a day like today, you can finally open the windows and breathe a little bit inside your home without letting all that smoke in. And if you open up those windows and you realize that they have a rip in them, in the screen, that they have a crack in the glass, whatever it may be, Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford are the people to call because they can take care of those little small jobs. They can fix a rip screen. They can fix a busted one single pane of glass. Maybe you have one of those you know, windows where it's divided into all those little panes and one of them is broken. They'll do that. They'll just replace that one little pane. They're not going to make you do the whole window. But they can do the whole window. They can replace one window, all your windows. They can replace whatever you need them to. Entry doors, even your roof. You need a new roof because yours is fading, leaking, or you're just starting to get concerned because you bought the house 30 years ago and nobody's ever looked at the roof. Well, Precision Window and Kitchen are the people to call. They can take care of all of those things. No job too big, no job too small. They're right here in New Bedford. 
They've been doing it for almost 30 years, and they manufacture a lot of the things that they use right here in New Bedford. So those double-pane windows they can install in your home, they make them in the shop that's right behind their showroom at 1111 Cushion Avenue. If you want to find out more about what they can do and see some of their work and also get a free quote, go to precisionwindowandkitchen.com, and you will find everything that you need. Again, Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. Visit them at precisionwindowandkitchen.com. And listen, I love trains. I think you all know that. I've talked about it before. And one of the places that I love is Edaville. There's nothing like going there at Christmas time and riding the train and experience everything there is to experience at Edaville for all things Christmas, right? So why do you have to wait another 11 months for it to be Christmas time? You don't have to because Christmas in July is back. Bring your family to experience the magic of Christmas at Edaville this July. They're going to have Santa there, so you'll get a chance to visit Santa in July. Talk about getting a jump on telling him what you want for Christmas. Kids, go there in July. Tell him what you want and then hope that he forgets to keep an eye on you for the rest of the year and you can actually misbehave and still get what you want. No, don't do that. You can also enjoy 15 vintage amusement rides and you can shop unique and local vendors in the Christmas market. You can experience the magic of tens of thousands of Christmas lights throughout the park and along the railroad. Plus, they're thrilled to bring back an Edaville tradition. I mean, this is huge news for Edaville fans. They are bringing back the famous Edaville chicken barbecue. Tickets to all of this great fun start at just $34.95. And kids under two are free. But keep in mind that attendance will be limited and tickets are not available for in-person purchase. They can only be purchased online at edaville.com. So Christmas in July is back all through the month of July. Get your tickets now at edaville.com. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and get involved in the conversation. We can talk some more about youth sports encounters, some more about some of these Horrible things that have happened, and I think this Taunton story has brought it to a head. We can talk more about the Trump indictments if you want to do that. I know that Marcus and Chris are planning on covering that from top to bottom coming up at 9 a.m. And, you know, you've got some pretty good people there to, to talk about that and analyze it. You've got Chris, who everybody knows all about his years of experiences in the political arena. And you've got Marcus, who is an attorney and understands these things better than certainly I do. So that'll be fascinating listening to them break it all down. And, of course, it's also Friday, and Fridays on their shows are also fun, so you can expect some of that as well. Uh, we also have, if you want to uh, get in there, we have one more pair of tickets to give away to see Willie Nelson's Outlaw Music Festival Saturday, September 16th at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield. It is... I promise you this is going to be the final pair of tickets that we give away for this show. We had some that we gave away a few weeks ago. We found Willie's secret stash. And there were also some tickets in there too. So we took those and we said we're going to give them away all this week. And this is the last pair that we have. So this is your last chance to win. You can go online to WBSM.com or the WBSM app. And you can enter yourself in to get those tickets. And we will draw that winner sometime before the end of the program today. And don't worry if you don't win. There still are tickets on sale. 
LiveNation.com. Our friends at Live Nation are the ones providing us with these tickets. If you go there, you'll be able to find some of these tickets for yourself. But why not get them for free, right? So we will have those to give away. And we'll also be giving away, coming up very soon, Ed Sheeran tickets. So if you missed out on getting tickets to see one of the biggest shows of the summer happening at Gillette Stadium next month, we have your Ed Sheeran tickets coming up, I think, next week. I'll have to look at the concert calendar that Casey has created for me. But we will be giving those away as well. So that's that's the great thing about being on the radio is I get to give away tickets after being the guy that won tickets for so many years growing up. Now I can return the favor and, and help you get out there and see some great shows. Uh, why don't we take our next break here? And when we come back, we can take some more phone calls from you, 508-996-0500. But uh, we'll be back in a few moments. just about so you might be thinking to yourself i want to get up and go out and have some breakfast maybe you're not going to be able to make it out for breakfast today but you're thinking about going out sometime over the weekend well let me recommend to you that you stop by just another phoenix restaurant in north dartmouth because lisa has sent me the weekend specials and i think you're going to want to give some of these a try now just another phoenix restaurant is located on fonts corner road in north dartmouth there's plenty of tables there if you want to Go in with some friends or family or a loved one or a significant other and sit down and have a breakfast. You can also sit at the counter, hang out there with some of the regulars and watch as the cook prepares your meal. Or maybe you want to just call ahead and pick it up by getting it at their drive-up window. You can go right up there, pick it up, not even have to get out of the car. But let me tell you about some of the, the specials they're offering this weekend at Just Another Phoenix. You can get an Italian sausage, onion pepper, tomato, and provolone omelet. An omelet, again, featuring Italian sausage, onion, pepper, tomato, and provolone cheese, $13.95. Do you want some, some pancakes? How about chunky monkey pancakes? Banana, chocolate chip, and nuts, $10.95. Maybe you're still thinking that you, you want to have an omelet. What about the bacon double cheeseburger omelet featuring seasoned hamburger, bacon, mozzarella, and cheddar, $14.95? Or, you want to keep it a little healthier, chicken, sausage, broccoli, and Swiss omelet, $13.95. But you know what? Treat yourself, right? How often do you get to go out for breakfast? You don't get to go out that often. Treat yourself to the Oreo cheesecake French toast, $9.95. And they make it with that nice, thick Texas French toast. Or you really want to have yourself some dessert for breakfast? Salted caramel pretzel brownie pancakes, $10.95. Let me repeat that. There's a lot to take in there. Salted caramel pretzel brownie pancakes. Wow. 
And that's that was my response to Lisa when she texted me over the specials. Just wow in capital letters. I don't know what I would want to have off that. Okay, I'm going to go for the Oreo cheesecake French toast. I'm probably going to have that this weekend. But you can get over there and have any one of those specials at Just Another Phoenix on Fawns Corner Road in Dartmouth and treat yourself. I know you will enjoy it. Make sure you call in next week and tell me what you had and how much you enjoyed it. All right, we have a few moments left here before we're going to go into the newsroom. When we come back on the other side of the news, we're going to be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Ward 6 Council Ryan Pereira. We're going to talk about not only, we'll talk a little bit about what happened in last night's meeting, for sure. We'll talk a little bit about the council voting down, accepting the Chapter 32B that would allow them to have a third-party arbiter help in deciding how much the employees of the city will pay for their health insurance. But we'll also talk about some other things as well. There was a lot of talk in the meeting and a lot of work done to transfer money around and to rectify department budgets. So we'll find out what that's all about. We'll also find out how the budget hearings are going. They've been meeting with all the department heads to find out why they're requesting the budgets that they are for the next fiscal year before the council starts preparing for cut night. So we'll find out what's going on there. We'll also see what's going on in some of the committee meetings because that's one of the important reasons why we bring the counselors on each week is because we can talk about what goes on in those committee meetings that might not get as much you know headlines and, and buzz as, as some of the, the full council meetings. So we can find out about what we can expect with the upcoming agendas on those. And, of course, in the second half of the hour, we will take more of your phone calls at 508-996-0500, more of your app chat messages via the WBSM app, and more of your open line voicemail messages if you want to leave one of those. And, of course, all those great features on our app are brought to us by our friends at South Coast Towing. They know how important it is to have your cell phone with you, right? Because when you break down, when you need a tow, you're going to call South Coast Towing. And when you need to listen to WBSM or get our breaking news alerts or read our content or get live traffic or weather, you need the WBSM app. You need the phone in your hand to be able to access all of that. Or For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.